there are plenty of applications that should be built as a spa. And you could say for the last 10 years, people defaulted to building spas when they shouldn't have. And now there's backlash for that. Like things that should have been websites were built as spas. I'm headed somewhere with this, I think. Hang on. tan i am tan do you like it i do yeah i mean it's this is my summer look i always i mean this is every year it's not a just because i want a vacation it's like we go to the pool at our we have a community pool uh we've been there every day since it opened since we got back are your kids tan yeah they uh oh you've seen my boys they've got very like white hair uh so they look really tan that i mean they they do pretty well in the sun my wife actually she's like Looks like she's from Ireland. She's like redheaded, very fair skin. But she actually handles the sun better than I do. Like I'm the worst burner of the family. Yeah, well, I, I witnessed that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got really burnt. Yeah, when we were in Florida. Uh, I always do. And then I think after one good sunburn every year, I kind of like settle into a, a tan. Nice. Uh, which is probably terrible for your skin. I don't know. I don't wear sunscreen. I'm, I'm awful. I'm probably going to die of skin cancer. It's going to be really sad when I do. How sad? Sorry. How sad will it be? When I actually die from skin cancer and we, we, you play this back at my funeral or something. Okay. Sorry. I wouldn't play this back at your funeral. I, mean, I don't know if I'm going to be in charge of your funeral. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Am <laughs> I going to be in charge? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, why not? Uh, no, I feel like you need to give me specific instructions for, cause you're going to want really good production quality for your funeral. So oh, for I'm, sure. I'm going to need yeah, you to notch. produce it and I'll just make sure it happens. <laughs> we can rehearse it ahead of time. And then after I die. Okay. Cool. Good plan. Okay. What were you going to say? You're going into something much less unhinged. No, I mean, I was going to say, I also got my first sunburn ever in my whole life. Oh yeah. Yeah. You said, you said in Florida, you can't get sunburnt. (laughs) And then you got sunburnt. We did. I guess we set out there a lot longer than I realized. We were just kind of like, when you're in the water, in the ocean, you just assume the sun can't get you. I think it still can. I'm not a scientist. It can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you're all like, I got burned just a little bit on like the top of like my shoulders, uh, like a strip and a little bit like down by my waist. And I literally was like, I was like, I was at home because I didn't feel it that day. The next day I was like, Liz, do I have mosquito bites on my back? Like I'm so itchy. I'm like, what is this? Like I didn't, and I'm, I'm like, when I scratch it, it like kind of burns. Like, what is this? <laughs> and she, she was just laughing so hard being like, hi, you got sunburn. So, oh, I love it. I love that you had never been sunburned until that moment. Not bad considering I wore zero sunscreen that whole day and we were out for like many, many hours. So yeah, I think I even put sunscreen on, but I still, I, I don't, I hate sunscreen. I, the whole thing just feels like a scam. It never actually works for me, but it'll work in random, like, like where I was wiping it off on my like belly because I just, I had some left on my fingers. That spot, I'll have little finger marks <laughs> where it worked, but none of the stuff on my shoulders. Like, I don't know if I was just out there too long. And maybe there's just no way to put enough sunscreen on. But it's just so, it's so bad. I hate the whole experience. It never feels like you're getting it all over you. And with kids, it's 10 times worse because you're constantly stressed about their skin too. Mm-hmm. Now you got three sets of skin you're worried about. <laughs> it's just a, it's a bad deal. I'm actually going to a dermatologist because I think I've got a couple spots on my nose that look scary, according to WebMD, like <laughs> cancer stuff. I'm serious. <laughs> Do they have dermatologists out in the Ozarks? Oh my God, Dax, come on. We wear shoes too, believe it or not. 
What, you have one dermatologist? Is that... There, I think there's three in Springfield. Okay. <laughs> oh, in Springfield. Okay. <laughs> How many dermatologists do you have? Do you have it memorized in Miami? Do you just know? But within walking distance, probably more than one. Are you within walking distance? Well, how far yeah. can you walk? I mean, anybody could. Like a 15, 20 minute radius, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Come at me. <laughs> Come at me. <laughs> Your number of dermatologists. An interesting flex. I've not heard that one yet. <laughs> You're going to need a dermatologist with all this sun exposure. Yeah, I know. sunburns. I know. I think I have some things I need to check out, too. Do you just not go outside? Is that the problem? Is that why you'd never gotten a sunburn? Like, why had you never gotten a no, sunburn? No, I'm outside, all, I'm outside all the time. Outside all day. I think... So when I go to the beach... I think I said this to you. When I go to the beach, because because we go pretty often, we don't spend, like, six hours at the beach usually. We'll spend, like, two hours, then, like, go get lunch and kind of a more casual thing. So I, I don't think I'm, like, in direct beach sun for over two hours that might be my limit i think if i'm there for like many many hours no that's a good i look we shouldn't go out in the middle of the day like i don't think even with sunscreen it's a good idea when yeah the sun's the hottest yeah that's true go out in the evening anyway let's talk about something other than sunburns yes uh so i wanted to talk about something i had a topic Ooh. and i tweeted it just now teasing it i I retweeted that and i didn't even read it (laughs) i still don't i still don't know what it is (laughs) uh so it's about rep. I want to talk about Replicash a little bit. Ooh, okay. Because it continues to evolve. It continues to get really useful. Um, and it's and with you know I'm working on the SSD console right now. It's using Replicash heavily uh, for pretty much everything. And it's incredible the level of like UX impact it's having on the quality of our product and, how, and just how good it feels to use the product. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, why does nobody know about this? Why is nobody using it? Why are we obsessed with all these other things that have such marginal impact on on UX and, and performance? Uh, so I just want to like shill it a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So I obviously know all about Replicash. <laughs> Being your friend, I've heard about it all the time. But for the people on the show that listen that, that don't know what Replicash is, could you just give us like a 30,000 foot view and then let's dive into the specific stuff? Yeah. So Replicash is a... Primarily a library on the client that runs on the front end in the browser, and it handles data syncing with your back end. The thing that makes it unique is it's built around the model of syncing a lot of data to the client locally so that more operations can happen entirely locally. And of course, from things like mutations, it handles optimistic updates and, and all of that. Uh, and what's beautiful about it is it enables these crazy real-time... So one, enables crazy real-time applications uh to so much of your data is local that a lot of stuff that you normally have to go to the server for for a round trip you can just do locally so things like fuzzy search like you know the command Mm. k bar like jumping to things like that Mm -hmm. um and so it makes everything really really fast but what's great about it is if you look at a bunch of other solutions that are similar and there's different solutions like this for a long time uh they're all way more complicated and rebel cache is really really simple and it has a very different architecture to to everything else that exists that kind of allows it to be a lot simpler and actually makes it possible to use this stuff in practice. Okay. So is, is like the offline first kind of stuff? Like, is that a different concept? Yeah, I think it is a little bit different because, uh, so Replicash can be used to support offline applications. Um, but it's not like they just haven't matured that part of it as much. Actually the latest release, they've made it a lot better, but 
the offline stuff is it kind of has a pathway to that, but it's not really the focus. Because mm-hmm. I think what they thought about was so far we've treated this category of application as very specific. Like, okay, you want an application that runs fully offline, or you want an application where uh, there's no state and there's just a bunch of people connected to each other that are like seeking state within, within each other. And there are a bunch of solutions in that in that category, but that's like not most apps. Like I, I doubt yeah. most of you have built apps that need to be offline first or like are completely peer to peer, right? Yeah, right. But I think those ideas get conflated when we think about real time or like local first. So I think replication is a category of local first, and I think this is becoming a category that's popping up a lot more. I'm, I actually saw like there's a whole like local first meetup that even exists now. Oh wow! Where you basically try to build applications that can run locally first. Uh, for as many features as possible. Of course, some things you might still need to go to the server for, but uh, there's a lot that can be built in this way. Um, so Replicatch really focuses on this local first mentality. And so many applications, I think, fall under the category of working really well. The application that I always talk about, Linear, as being like the best example of a, an incredible web app pushing the bar on what's possible on web today, Linear is a local first app, and that's why it's so fast and so amazing to use. Plus, of course, all the details to UX they paid attention to. And if you go to the Replicash uh, homepage, it was a funny experience for me because for a while I was like, okay, how do I recreate Linear? How do I have a stack that can let me build something as good as Linear? I was like researching this for a while. I landed on the Replicash homepage, and their demo app is a recreation of linear. So Replicash basically huh. took linear and was like, yeah. how do we make it so more people can build stuff like this? And they built a, ge- a general tool uh, for that. So how does it fit in? Like, I feel like the whole landscape is shifting toward the server. Yeah. What UX wins do you get if you go the Replicash route as opposed to like SSR and doing stuff on the server? Yeah. So, uh, SSR is built, and I'm, I'm gonna keep saying this till I'm gonna keep saying this my whole life. I think <laughs> until I'm never gonna stop saying it because no one's <laughs> just keeps continuing being a thing. <laughs> SSR is built for applications, not applications. It's built for websites where people go and leave right away. That's kind of how I think about it. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't expect them to explore every single page of your app. They might come in, look at a single page, and then leave. So short sessions. Yeah. So it's not worth syncing a bunch of stuff down to the client. They're not gonna really be around for that long. Um, so for anything in that category, e-commerce sites, websites, uh, just kind of one-off things. Mm-hmm. Yes, don't listen to anything I'm saying because it's not relevant. But for productivity applications, for things people have up all day to do their work, you do want to sync a lot of stuff down to the client because they're going to be around for a while. It's worth that initial cost. Yeah. And plus, initial cost is literally the first time they load the app. From there, it's like kind of incremental sync. So whatever changes on the server the next time you show up needs to be synced. It's worth syncing all of that because then a bunch of operations can happen happen locally, right? So in the SST console, uh, we sync all of your resources and like all the metadata for the resources to the front end. That way, yeah. when you open up the command K bar and you type in, let's say you're looking for uh, a function that's mounted at a certain URL route, so you can go look at the logs, you can type in just the URL of the function and that search happens locally. And really with every keystroke, instantly with like no perception of latency yeah. the command bar is updating with with the results of your search um and the ssd console that's like a small set because you're not gonna have a ton of resources you're probably gonna have like even the biggest cases like sub 500 resources sub 1000 resources maybe um but for for boomy which is the other project i work on with my with liz uh we've done like searching on fifty thousand records and still been instant wow yeah how much data like what is that like 
downloading that. I mean, like you said, it's worth it because people are sticking around. But is it like megs of data? Yeah, it, it is. So on the first time a user gets added, so in the Boomi case, if you invite a new user because they're a new employee, uh, they join. The first time they load the app, it's going to be several seconds of waiting because we uh, need to query all that and queue it up and, yeah. and bundle it in the right way. Uh, and I guess stream down. But after that, it's all incremental updates. So it's only as much data syncing as your business is changing. Um, And that's all happening in real time and reflecting right right in front of you. Um, So yeah, it's really not a lot. It's a couple seconds waiting up front for like instant. Every page you navigate to, no, we have have zero spinners in Boomi at all. We haven't had to build a spinner component at all for anything because everything you load is instant. Uh, what you can kind of compare it to is in the RSC model or like in like the traditional model, you might have like a cache is progressively built up. So like you might go to one page, it might load, you might go to the next page and it loads. And if you go back and then forward again, it's instant. And you, cause you, cause like stuff has been built up. Yeah. It's like that, but without having to like explore, it's like that from the beginning. So yeah, it's like everything is fully warmed all the time. So, uh, it's an incredible technology. And it's just not very used. Like I don't see a lot of people bringing it up. I will say it is a little bit challenging to learn. Yeah. So that was my next question is like the author time experience. Like what does the, your code look like with all this stuff? Yeah. So I actually think the initial setup is a hard thing to learn. Um, so right now they have a server side solution called reflect as well. So you don't have to do any of that. You can kind of just plug it into effectively a backend as a service thing. Mm-hmm. I don't use that because I, ha- I want to have like a normal application and Replicash is just like a thing that I'm adding on top of a very normal application that's built on top of SST and plant scale, et cetera. Um, so there's an initial cost of understanding the sync protocol. And there are certain things you need to make sure you're doing correctly to like implement the sync correctly. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of, when you come to distributed systems, real-time sync, there's a lot of like edge cases where, uh, you know, data doesn't make it to one place and something else thinks it made it. And then you have a desync. They lay out very clear steps on how to do this. It might be a little challenging if you're not familiar with distributed system stuff, um, but it's really not super hard. Like within a couple of days, you can probably have it implemented. But once you have it implemented, it's so easy. Like from there, you just have these mutations you can send up. You apply them optimistically on the front end and you apply them for real on the back end. Uh, and then any issues that come up, like there was an error, things need to be rolled back, it's all automatically handled by Replicash. So I think there's some initial setup learning curve, um, but you know, SC console is open source, so you can just take whatever we have there if you want to use it. Um, and then from there, like the, the author time experience is fantastic. I even added like an end-to-end type safety layer on there, so it feels a lot like TRPC. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's, been, it's, been, it's been amazing, and I, I think more people should look into it. Yeah, it seems like if you're building an app, like you're building a spa or like some long-lived thing, you should always be doing, it's like leaning into that to get the best out of that. Right. Is there any reason you're building an app you shouldn't use this local first approach? Are there downsides? Yeah. So I th- I think it comes down to understanding the working set of data that a user needs. Uh, if this working set is massive, like it's in, let's say it's over 100 megabytes, it probably doesn't <clears throat> make sense to use Replicash because syncing all of that to the client is maybe too much. Uh, but I think very few applications fit into this. Like even something like linear, you can imagine that, oh, yeah, as a company, you know, makes issues and like over time they might have like millions of issues, but the way linear treats it is no, the working set of data is just any issue that's open or they keep closed issues around for like a week. So your working set of issues is never going to be like 
infinitely growing entire, yeah 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 so anything where you can fit the working set into a reasonable size you should do this because there's no downside at all um for stuff that's more like analytical or like you're like looking across big data sets and even in boomy uh we have like the day-to-day workflows, which are like a small working set of data. Then you have like admin workflows where they're looking at like reports and analytics. Uh, mm-hmm. That is currently powered by Replicash, but it's starting to get to a size where it doesn't make sense. So that part of our app might still be a traditional server-side thing, but it's okay because people aren't touching that every single day. That's something they look at every once yeah. in a while. The part of your app where people are using every single day, every single hour, that tends to be a small working set. So most things can, can fit into this model. Yeah. Okay. So I have a related thought to all this. Like as you're discussing all this stuff, it, it, I realized that like these topics have kind of fallen out of favor or they're just not talked about as much because of all the RSC stuff and like Astro and like every, it's like the trend is moving server side. And I feel like talking about how to make a spa better feels it for some reason so off topic, which is dumb. Because there are plenty of applications that should be built as a spa. And you could say for the last 10 years, people defaulted to building spas when they shouldn't have. And now there's backlash for that. Like things that should have been websites were built as spas. I'm headed somewhere with this, I think. Hang on. (laughs) So that was the default. We have all these newcomers coming to the field, building spas with React that should have been a website. Like it just shouldn't be client-side rendered. And now we're shifting to this default world where everything is like multiple pages not a spa okay and now you're gonna have people building what should be a spa with those technologies (laughs) so people should be using react and replicash or whatever solid js whatever to build their spa and instead they're going to use rscs and we're gonna have the exact opposite problem we've had the last decade did I land? Did I land that? That makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that, that's exactly right. I think uh, there is just there is just no global default, but people always operate as there is, as mm-hmm. as though there is. Um, and I think what's sad about this one, I don't think people are going to realize, like at least with the when you incorrectly use a spa, uh, it was so obvious that it was a bad choice because like we've all used yeah. apps, like it's it'll always be something like. You're like trying to book a flight and there's like a million spinners and like, it's just like, why is this like this? It's very obvious that it sucks. But I think in the reverse case, it's kind of like, it actually feels okay because you're used to it. So I don't think anyone is going to think, oh, this is like a bad use of of RSCs or SSR because it's still going to, it's not going to feel terrible. It's not going to be obviously terrible. There's just going to be a class of application that continues to be like, magical and mysterious because people are like oh like how do they do that stuff and yeah yeah and that they're using the local stuff yeah, yeah. There, there's so few like i think of all applications i use i think i always list them it's Airtable, linear and superhuman are the three that i use that are like so clearly a million times better than any other app i use but nobody's copying them for some reason yeah so why why is this why has this been slow to adopt what's replicash's marketing problem i have a funny theory that uh <laughs> Okay, this is going to be, see if I can get this out. Do better, do better than I did. Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> I think I've said this before, and you might have heard me say this before, but if you are someone that builds an e-commerce website, uh, and you're like a pro at building e-commerce websites, you're like one of the best people in the world that does this, mm-hmm. how much can you possibly make doing that? Not a ton. There's definitely a ceiling there of how much money you can make just doing literally that job, right? Yeah. But you can make a ton of money by founding Vercel. And making it so a bunch of other people can 
know, can, can kind of have your skills without having to put in as much work. Yeah. So like a Vercel for like the SSR world exists. Like there's a company focused on educating people and making people aware of this stuff and uh, having people build in this way. The flip side, if you're someone that's an expert at building these local first SPAs, mm-hmm. you're just going to build linear and be a billionaire. You're not going to go like <laughs> go and spend your time uh, like doing this other thing, right? So the fact that Replicash even exists is a miracle. Uh, so uh, Aaron Budman is like is a founder of it, and he made Grease Monkey. I don't know if he used Grease Monkey back in the day. Mm-mm. What what is it? It was like before Chrome extensions really existed. You can like inject JavaScript and override stuff. Oh, that does sound familiar. Yeah, I don't know if and, I ever really used it, but I know what you're talking about now. And he eventually ended up working for Chrome and like building the Chrome extension stuff. Um, and now he's working on this completely unrelated thing. So it's like a miracle that someone is focusing on this problem. Yeah, um, because everyone else is an expert on this has already like built a massive business that they're just like they're not even on Twitter. Like they're not even like, talking at all because <laughs> they're just like we're so successful and rich. We don't have to do it. We don't have to do anything. And you think the key to that is that they built these really amazing web apps. Like that was their business's success. Yeah. Like linear entered a market that is the most like fragmented, saturated market in the world. Like every engineer is like, I have an idea for a product management app. Like that's like the default thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They entered there and just killed it just through the quality of the thing they built. Um, like compared, like the status quo was Jira pretty much. And Jira is like the slowest thing in the world. Um, yeah. Same thing with superhuman. Like what you like, aren't even an email provider. You're just like a layer on top of Gmail, but all you do is make stuff faster. Like also, also people are paying, I'm paying what, like 20 bucks a month for it, which is like crazy. So this is super powerful. I mean, this is like this idea that you could just come in and disrupt an industry by just having a really good product. What, yeah, why don't more people do that? Why are there so many bad products? I don't understand the holdup. Is it that hard to learn? You said there's some initial investment. But- no, it's just, I just think it's not well understood. That's what I wanted to talk about because I wanted to get people curious. Yeah. I think more people need to be curious about this. Uh, we are so used to stuff that is slow that we don't even think twice. And once you start using these like magical products, you start to wonder why isn't everything like this? Like I go to GitHub. Yeah. I use GitHub so much. I work on open source stuff. I'm always in there looking at issues, looking at PRs. Every time I click on something, there's a delay and a spinner and it's a productivity mm. tool. I'm in it all day. Like I mm-hmm. GitHub. Okay. Maybe don't sync every repo in the world to my machine locally, but sync the repos I'm working on actively locally, sync all the issues, yeah. sync all the pull requests. Um, I should be able to switch between them really quickly. And they're starting to do this a little bit. Like their new, uh, like directory explorer is like a little bit more in this direction. Like I'm seeing that be a lot faster, but yeah, like anything that is, a B2B tool, a productivity tool, anything where the working set is small, like this should really be the default. Yeah. Um, it should not be SSR, RSCs, like any of that stuff. It should really be do a ton on the client. And that's why people love native apps, right? Native apps do a lot on the client. Right. So can we do like, can we speak about this in like, like how people would be like Uber, but for groceries? Can we be like linear, but for GitHub? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I've, I've seen like, people do this already, actually. Oh, like communicate it in that way? Like, I, I think this, this, there's something. I think actually it is from someone that used to work at Linear, so it, it makes sense. I forgot, what, I forgot what it was. I think it was a note-taking tool, something. Yeah, I mean, just like, could someone build GitHub but build a better web app and actually make a dent? Oh, yeah, like a different interface to GitHub. That actually... Uh, okay, so here's the thing. Replicash needs like very strong control of the server, so you can't do it externally unfortunately but wait what 
I didn't even understand that sentence. Do what externally? Well, I, I meant like I couldn't build a better front end for GitHub without coordination from GitHub. Oh no, I meant end. build a new GitHub. Like, could somebody actually disrupt? I think they're like too big to disrupt. Okay, <laughs> so there's limits. There, there, there's other things in that way. <laughs> I'm learning the rules here. But it's like there's just stuff that we use every day and we don't think about. Um, like sometimes, some, so I sign up for some of these developer tools, like. Uh, uh, like some of these SaaS products, there's the working set of data is so small. I have a concept of like a project and I might have like some configuration. Like why yep. are there any loaders at all? Um, yeah. Even something like, say something like Cal.com, right? The part where you're managing your own settings, your own configuration, the working set is literally just your own configuration. I bet that's like less, that's probably a tiny amount of data. That should all just be synced, synced locally. So yeah, it's a great thing to explore. Like. I almost think of it like if I am building something that is not public facing, it's like you need to sign up for is behind a login wall. My default is going to be this until my working set outgrows. Then I'll like, you know, refactor that out to be server powered. Um, so do you have any open source repos that you've built? Like are any of your apps that you've built with this open source where I can look at it and steal your code? Yeah. So the new ST console, which is just at our GitHub slash console, uh, is built with Replicash. Perfect. Yeah. Like I said, it's I built a little bit of a layer on top to get like some of the type safety stuff I like. Uh, I'd love to like have some nicer patterns emerge out of this. And once they do, uh, I might like package that up into its own library. Mm, okay. I'm just going to look now. I'm 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 sold. Like I'm I'm sold. I'm gonna build apps this way. Right after I get done building a Laravel app, I'll build one like this. <laughs> Why are you laughing? All right. I mean, I, I wasn't joking. You know, I know you're not joking. <laughs> the level I take you seriously, though. It, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I'm joking. It's that I just uh, I'm flaky. I believe you think you're serious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay we should end this episode this has been good cool see ya all right see ya